GAA Sports Desk. Brought to you by the Heralds, every side of Dublin. And welcome to GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. In studio this evening, Suzanne Parker and myself, Peter Brannigan. And we begin by thanking Hugh and the Live Drive team for getting you home safely this evening. Very glorious spring-like evening out there. And Live Drive is going to be back tomorrow morning at 7am. Now, packed show as ever coming up over the next hour or so. In the second half, we're going to be hearing from Brendan Cooper, the Secretary of Dublin Camogie. He's going to be reflecting on a disappointing weekend for the senior and intermediate Camogie teams who were both beaten in the Littlewoods Ireland National League. The seniors losing out to Limerick and the intermediate team losing out to Antrim. We're also going to be hearing from Circa Farley, selector with the Dublin Ladies Footballers. They are playing in Crow Park this Saturday evening as part of a double header with the men's. They're taking on Mayo and of course those teams met in the All-Ireland Final just under 18 months ago. So that promises to be a very, very interesting game indeed. Before that, we're going to look ahead to the men's game. I recently spoke with Brian Talty and he's going to be giving me his view on that game and the recent games that took place in Division 1. And before that, we're going to reflect on the Dublin Senior Hurlers' defeat to Galway in the Alliance League down in Salt Hill on Sunday. We'll be hearing from Michael O'Grady, the chairman of the Friends of Dublin Hurling, and we're going to be hearing from Andy Cunningham as well. If you want to contact us in studio, you can, as ever, the email here, gasportsdesk at dublincityfm.ie. You can head over onto our Facebook page, which is gasportsdesk on Dublin City FM, or you can text us in studio on 87 977 Now, just before we get into to all of those games I've mentioned this Saturday in Wexford the uh, GA's annual congress is taking place there's 40 rules which are up for vote and I suppose one which has maybe been viewed as something of uh, I don't know if an anti-Dublin rule is overstating it but it's certainly a rule that relates strongly to Dublin is potentially rule number 39 now this would be an edit to the GA's own rule number 6 Point two eight a Part 3, Inter-County Championships, Official Guide, Part 1. And this would be amended to read as follows. Counties who qualify for the football inter-county quarter-final group stage shall not be permitted to nominate Crow Park as their home venue. Um, this has been put forward by Donegal. Uh, I don't know if anyone was reading the newspaper during the week. The Mayo News in particular had uh, an article on, I think it was Tuesday that it came out. And I suppose it was uh, somewhat scathing of Dublin. Uh, the article is written by Ger Flanagan. It's available on mayonews.ie. And it's, I suppose, looking at some of the delegates in Mayo who are talking about unfair distribution of money uh, down to Dublin. Well worth a read if you get a chance. Uh, but very recently I caught up with the art store, the general director of the GA, Tom Ryan, Fogg's Clubman, a Carlo native, uh, but involved with uh, Fogg's here in Dublin. He wouldn't be drawn on that specific issue but I asked him about the idea of the GA have to balance I suppose where games are played but also with making money for the association There's a balance between choosing a venue and needing funds to run the organisation but there's also a balance between just the, the sheer amount of people that actually want to get to a game um, n- n- not every game is, 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 is broadcast on television um, and even those that are there's a huge demand among people and Dublin first and foremost but to, to, to go and see those games so we, we have a responsibility to put on matches at a time and at venues that suit uh, spectators and suit patrons and uh, that's 
what we set out to do with the, the calendar of fixtures and the programme of games every year and we'll be trying to do the same next year. There you go, the views of Tom Ryan, the Director General of the GAA and I suppose it's going to be interesting come the summer if the rule passes and Dublin do end up getting to the Super 8s first and foremost and then end up playing their home game in Parnell Park if it was against one of the big counties, if it was against a Donegal or if it was against a Mayo or if it was against a, a Kerry uh, you know, there'd be quite a few fans who'd be disappointed who would not be able to get tickets for those games. We saw I suppose with Kildare last year they got a bit of a bounce out of playing a game in a smaller venue in Newbridge and they knocked Mayo out of the Championship uh, but similarly you could have a situation where there's a huge number of, uh, of of people disappointed and a lot of talk I suppose about uh, about funding going to Dublin GA and, and Dublin getting a lot more funding than other counties uh, Dublin can draw in sponsorship no matter what happens so I mean if, if we're reducing the number of people who can attend games I don't think it's going to be Dublin that are going to be ending up losing out but I suppose that is up for discussion on Saturday morning that's potentially the road we're going to be going down and as I say that motion was put forward by Johnny Gall the team of course uh, that Dublin played last year in the first game in uh, Crow Park in the Super 8s the, the home game if you will was against Ross Common. So Roscommon, I suppose, technically also got two games in Crow Park in the Super 8s last year. Uh, but uh, yeah, as I say, it remains to be seen what might take place this weekend. Now, moving from the Congress to matters on the field. The Dublin Senior Hurlers were beaten in the Alliance League on Sunday. They lost to Galway down in Salt Hill uh, by six points. And after the game, I spoke with manager Matty Kenny. Disappointing to come down to, to Galway and, uh, you know, I suppose in the second half it was six at the break and you never got closer in the second half. No, we're, we're obviously we wanted a good start in the second half, and uh, we upped it a little bit after half time. But uh, we looked very leggy out there today. I felt, you know, and uh, you know, God, were in general, we're just just a bit sharper and and, and playing at a, a little pace above what we were playing. At. Uh, playing into a strong breeze in the first half, you had a couple of changes even before half time. What what were they in relation to? Why why were those changes made? Yeah, like you know, because Gold were dominating the game basically, and uh, you know they were running a lot of ball in, across their half back line. Their half back line uh, was was um, very strong today. You know they dominated that area, and uh, we made a couple of changes. Um, brought in Liam Rush, and you know I I, I thought um, you know he, he he was a big help to us when he came in there. Were there areas that you were happy with today? Well, you know, I, I, I thought our full back line actually did very well. You know they were they were under pressure in the in the first half, and. Uh, I thought uh, Paddy Owen and Keane stood up well. Like you know, there was there was a lot of quality ball being put in in front of them, and you know uh, they they came away with a clean sheet, which was which was a positive from 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 a defensive point of view. But uh, you know, um, I just felt overall that uh, you know uh, you know a lot of these guys have, have played an awful lot of uh, fist-giving games. You know, we talked about it a few weeks ago, like the the, the load was on them, and I'm not making any excuse. Like, but you know, just 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 looking out today, like you know, goal looked that bit sharper. Uh, and they were more tough of the ground, and we we looked. I thought we looked leggy across all across the field. At time you're reminder with the Waterford to come next week of, of the standard from the, those top two teams are those those teams that have dropped down. I should say from Division One at uh, the standard that they're at. Yeah, well, like you know, like Galway are are, are, are Ireland champions from from um, from last year, and uh, you know um, you know the they're the best side in Ireland. Uh, you know, if, if not their best one, the top top two sides like you know so you're playing you're playing the you know one of the best teams in Ireland like so that's the standard that uh, we've got to get to and uh, you know so look at obviously anytime you lose you're a bit disappointed but uh, you know when you when you when you come down to Galway playing one of the best teams in Ireland in their home patch and uh, you hopefully they will learn something from it and that uh, you know that uh, to stand to us as the year goes on.
And with seven players involved in the DCU team that had lost out to UCD after extra time in the Fitzgibbon Cup uh, during the week, uh, Matty was asked if that had impacted on his squad. Yeah, and that game went to extra time as well. Like, but look, at, we're not here to make excuses. You know, like the the, the, the bottom line is, uh, you know, on, on, on today on, the, on this day, you know, the the best team won. Like, you know, Galway, Galway were the sharper, better side, and well deserved their victory. Matty was then asked if the Dublin job was a long term project for him, or was he expecting results this year? We wanted we wanted a better performance than we give today, and uh, there's probably a number of contributing factors why that didn't happen. But uh, we got to identify them and. Uh, and try to resolve them and move move on. Like you know, like you know, you know, playing Galway here today, you know, to, to some something I welcome like you know, because uh, you know that's where you're going to find out exactly where you're at. And uh, so you know, when you come down down to places like Pierce Stadium, down against a college team like Galway, then, then you know where you're at. And uh, you know, you're not in any false false situation you know, or false position. You know, so you know exactly what what you're up against, and we know what we have to do. And uh, we just got to get back, as I say, back into the training ground, start working on these things. Matty was then asked about his injured players, starting with Conal Keeney. Yeah, he's 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 he's, he's still um, uh, you know an, uh, a good few weeks away. You know, he's, a, he's a pretty serious shoulder injury. So you know you, you have the likes of Conal, obviously, Max Day, and Keane Boland. And, you know, Paul Ryan and Paul Winters, you know, you know, these guys are, you know, coming back into training now. So hopefully, um, hopefully, you know, as we as we go on um, into March and into April, a lot of these guys will come to the village. So. But, but not straight away, like any of those? No, not straight away. No. And very finally, the subject that just will not go away, I suppose, at the moment, Dermot Connolly. Matty was asked if he'd been in contact with the St. Vincent's club man. No, he wasn't. Uh, you know, because... Uh, he, I, I haven't spoken to Jim. No, he, he's uh, uh, no dancers. I haven't spoken. To him. I, I don't think so. I'm quite happy with the squad I have at the moment. You know, we've a lot of talent and quality in our squad, so we picked our squad for the league, and this is what we're moving forward. With. And that is Dubs boss Maddie Kenny. Now his Galway counterpart Michal Dunhu also spoke with the media after the game, and he was asked for his initial reaction. Yeah, obviously, we knew it was going to be a big test, and I think both ways. I think. Uh, from the games we had, we knew it was going to be a step up, so just delighted you know, to get the two points and move on to next week. Look, I, I think uh, you're alluding to the Carlow game. I think you know there were some elements in that game we were still very happy with. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know we've brought in a lot of young fellas; they're getting a lot of experience. So hopefully, in the long run, that'll stand us in good stead. Um, obviously, you know with the games that are coming down the track, and ultimately, if you're getting to a quarter final, you want to be getting. Uh, bit more consistency in performance and stuff so obviously today was going to be a big challenge we knew that with Dublin and um, so as I said look happy with a lot of the performance you know we've got some younger fellas on with more experience again now and we just go next week and then look forward to uh, as, as all the games down the line yeah but uh, look these boys we're all competitive by nature no more so than the lads you know obviously you know with no disrespect to Carlo we, you know that was a game we, we felt, you know, we missed a lot of chances early on, so, you know, you're always looking for a response from these players, and, you know, we got that in a bit today, we're still not going to get carried away, as I said, we've, we've used a lot of lads in the league, we'll continue to do that, and uh, until we get a lot of our bigger boys back, so, overall, you know, quite quite content. Neil was then asked if it pleased him that they didn't let Dublin back into the game, even when they were playing against a strong breeze in the second half. Yeah, I did, yeah, and look, you know you know when you come here and there is a breeze, it's, it, it, you know, it's very funnel-like, so it's hard to go against it, so... You know, we spoke about that at half time and you know wanting to obviously just try and win the second half 
we knew Dublin would would come on and, and they did but you know I thought the lads showed good resolve and to, just to see it out Galway boss Michal Donoghue now to reflect on the game earlier on this evening I spoke with our regular contributor Andy Cunningham you're heading down to play Galway probably the most consistent team in the country over the last three or four years we were maybe hopeful of a of a big Dublin performance but I suppose it never really transpired Galway were always that little bit a, a little bit better oh the, much a better side and uh, I don't think at any stage Dublin looked like they were going to win that match and like, like it was really as as match goal, it was a bit of a damp squib. Like they were complete control, uh, you know. Played and didn't really play to, to much intensity. Galway because uh, Dublin didn't really turn up on the day, so it was disappointing after getting the first uh, couple of wins uh, and probably went down on hope. But look, Galway are one of the top sides around, and to go down and beat them in their own backyard, and especially after uh, the drawing with Carlo in the last match Galway they, you know, they, they were going out to get them two points and I thought in the end they did win very comfortably Yeah and I suppose from a Dublin point of view you know we'd seen games against Wexford and Kilkenny last year and, and Galway in the Championship and then there was the Walsh Cup game where Galway had probably been a lot better but Dublin kind of fought back towards the end and I suppose that's where our hope came from that there might be a chance for us to do something but uh, really you know there, there was a bit of a class divide nearly in that game Galway possibly could have won it by more Oh yes, uh, like you know, as I say, they didn't get out second gear like Galway. Uh, you know, like they just they just played what the tempo. They just control, controlled the whole game, and Dublin, you know, were just chasing it the whole time. And I say at no stage in the game we did look like Dublin. Even uh, we're going to win, even if they they got a couple of points just after half time. But like you know, like twenty points, uh, Galway scored. Uh, Dublin scored one eleven. I think it was what about one five in play or something like that. You just you won't win games at that level. You know, scoring one eleven. You know, there's just no power in the forwards at all. And I suppose uh, I think it was seven of the players were involved with the DCU Fitzgibbon Cup team who'd been beaten by UCC on the Tuesday a game that went to extra time. Um, you know, that was pointed to after the game as a potential reason why maybe Dublin were a little bit sluggish. Well, they did. There's no doubt about it. They did look flat, and, and you know, I, I think that game. Uh, on that Thursday in, the, in that Fitzgibbon Cup, I think it went to extra time. There was a lot of players involved. And I suppose at that level, because that, that Fitzgibbon Cup is a fantastic competition, it does take a lot out of you. But I suppose maybe Galway had a couple of players themselves. But, you know, Galway, like, yeah, so I think they'd only five or six of the team that uh, lined out in the, in the All-Ireland final last year. They obviously haven't got the St. Thomas's uh, contingent, like, uh, getting ready for the All-Ireland. But, uh, disappointing. Uh, but look, next week's match against Warp to, to, to try and uh, get them back on the rails. Yeah, indeed. I was going to ask, It's in a way, it's good to be playing one of the, I suppose, the other top teams uh, in Division 1B after a game like that because I suppose the players and the management will be determined to put in a big performance even if they don't win just to lay down a marker at this time of the year to show that they can compete with the best Yeah and like uh, I think that they relish playing in Parnell Park too because like in fairness to Dublin like they have a decent enough record in Parnell Park it seems, it seems, seems to suit them uh, Waterford it's hard to know what, what, what uh, Waterford will bring uh, you know they, they, they've won the first three matches uh, though they haven't played probably the stronger teams that you would expect maybe Dublin and Galway in, in the division but they seem to have won well uh, talk that the Ballygunner contingent could be back for this weekend they just don't know they did a few uh, injuries <clears throat> they did a few injuries uh, concerns uh, but they seem to be back in, in camp so yeah I think this could be a test for Dublin but uh, like as I say you know, they, they had a bit of a downer last week and, and, and they could they have a great chance here to atone for next weekend and I suppose when you look at that panel Andy the panel that Dublin have it's obviously extremely extremely early in Maddie Kenny's reign you know there's no need for panic stations yet but at the same time when you look at it do you think the players are there for Dublin to beat the likes of the, the Galways and the Waterfords later in the year it's, it's just early in the season like, do we have the class to compete with these teams well, I think uh, if you look at the, uh, from goalkeeper out uh, out to the, the six and the six backs, 
you know, you know, you'd probably say that, like, barring injuries, that could be the back line and goalkeeper that will, will probably go out in the fourth round championship against Kilkenny. Midfield, I'm not too sure. I think it's the forwards. The problem is the forwards, like, you know, and let's look at forwards. Forwards, forwards win your matches. Uh, they're probably short a couple, uh, I know, uh, shoot day things. Like Keeney, recovering from an injury, just talked about him coming back. Paul Ryan. Uh, but I think, you know, it, it's proven in the last couple of matches and even the Walsh Cup that uh, just probably a bit lightweight up in, in the forward line. But having said that, you know, the backs are sound enough and I think that them backs that probably went out last weekend were probably the, 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 there for the fourth round of the Championship. Yeah, indeed, something to look forward to uh, as we go. Um, looking at some of the other games, I suppose, uh, for, for Cork, it was big to try and get some points on the board, even though there is no uh, relegation from Division 1A this year as such. But they got their first win even though, in fairness, Clare very possibly could have beaten them as well. Clare showing maybe a little bit of lack of discipline. Yeah, that's a decision to go against them. And it's unlike Clare, you know, that sort of uh, lack of discipline. Look, they were a better side on the night, but like, when you start giving away frees and Horgan in that form, like, what was it, 15, 16 points, I think he scored. Uh, they, they got a lucky goal, Cork, at a vital stage, and they obviously won by the goal. And it probably just kept kept them ahead at the time. But... Uh, I think Clare, uh, you know, you're looking at Cork and Clare, uh, uh, they're the sort of teams that uh, you, you'd look at, I think, when it comes to the, the championship around May, June, the, the, the hard pitches, uh, I think they will be better teams than that they're shown in the National League. You know, it was fairly heavy going down there, Parky Rin, but, uh, but look, at Cork needed a win, and uh, like fair play to them. Uh, probably didn't deserve it, but <laughs> they'll take it anyway. Yeah, indeed. And, and looking at the games on Sunday, then I suppose uh, Limerick, well, the, the juggernaut just keeps on rolling. They don't seem to be stopping. To go to Nolan Park and get a win by a point would be a big result for most counties, but they went there and they won very well. Oh, very convincing. And look, uh, you know, you know, it's amazing, amazing the way they, they are, they're playing. Uh, like, you know, usually, you know, a team that haven't won an all Ireland in years, and then, you know, with the celebrations and holidays and this and that, you know, they, it takes them a while to get back into the swing of things for the championship. But, like, they, they've hit the ground running big time in, in this National League, and they, they look like they mean business. I was very impressed with them uh, last last weekend. Uh, it's not often you go down and, uh, you know, it's not like Kenny, you know, they, they, it's not only they were beaten, but they were beaten up, and then, <laughs> then they beat them out, out the gate. You know, like you know, like they could have won that match by a lot more, and the physicality they showed was, was tremendous. But uh, they're playing with huge confidence, absolute huge confidence, and uh, that all around has brought them on a ton. You know, we all knew they had good players, but uh, you know, that all around has really brought them on, and uh, very impressive their work right there. Like you know, a team that had to win an all around, they were just hunted the Kilkenny players down, the three and four fellas on them all the time. So uh, very impressed with Limerick. And I suppose the scary thing for everybody else is there's still five or six of the, the big Limerick players who would have starred in the All-Ireland Final last year who are unfit or are not being given game time to give other players a chance. So the panel, uh, the strength of the panel, I should say, seems to be incredible. Well, this is it. And, you know, like, you know, you win an All-Ireland, it's amazing what it can do for you. And, like, these guys are taking a chance. At, like, Tom Condon there, like, the back getting the man of the match. Like, you know, probably if they, if they had a full uh, complement of the players, like, he, he, probably, he probably wouldn't be on the team. And, my God, he, he, he gave a tremendous exhibition. You know, you know, these guys are fighting for the place, you know. They, they, they want to be in the mix when it comes to the fourth round of the championship. And a few of them uh, put their hand up there last weekend. The other game, I suppose, was uh, down in Wexford Park. And, uh, well, I suppose it's a big year for Wexford. You know, the, the Davy effect can only last so long. You know, there, there's been a lot of talk in, in the off-seasons about him perhaps leaving Wexford in the last couple of years. He's obviously staying on. And they've got two big results in a row against big Munster teams in Cork and Tipperary. And they, they had to fight back at the weekend. Yeah, I, I thought it was, I, I was disappointed with this match. I, you know, I, I don't think the match really got off the ground. Now, it was very windy, which is, <laughs> always seems to be windy around the, 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 down there in Wexford Park. And, uh, you know, the, the ground was very soft, you know, heavy going. 
Uh, well, like it never really caught fire that game. Uh, look, uh, the, 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 the typical Wexford, they just kept going to the end. I was disappointed with the Tipperary forward line. I didn't think they made any inroads in, the, uh, in on the Wexford backs. And you know, you look at the forwards they had, like the Callum Bubbles were forward. Like these guys are like you know household names, but they just never really really got going. As far as the player being sent off didn't help either. But uh, fair play to Wexford. You know they're a damn hard team to beat, and especially down in in, in Wexford Park. And I'd say. You know, actually getting, after getting two good scouts, I think Fitzgerald will be delighted with, with that, uh, that win last weekend. And it sets him up for a nice game this weekend. Wexford going down to Ennis to play against, uh, well, against his native county, a bit like Matty Kenny last weekend, going down to play uh, Clare. That should be an interesting game. Yeah, it should be a very, very, very good game. And I think the Tipperary Kenny game will be very interesting, especially like both that they're getting beaten. And, you know, it's always a great ride between Kenny and Tipperary. So some good games here next weekend. My thanks as ever to Andy for joining me on the show. Now I also caught up with the chairman of the Friends of Dublin Hurling, Michael O'Grady. We travelled in maybe in hope, more than expectation, to Salt Hill on Sunday afternoon. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be for Dublin. They they were really, I suppose, second best throughout against Galway. Yeah, you know, um, unfortunately, I wasn't there. But from reports, you know that uh, yeah, losing by six points is not too bad. You know, I think I said last week that uh, while to be nice to win, it's more important to be kind of maybe showing a bit of form and playing well. And you know, I'm, I'm told that they're kind of we're gradually getting better and better. And uh, you know, um, so in that sense, Galway, I believe, are up for it, and they're trying to get back where they thought they were last year and didn't do it last year, so they want to do it this year. But uh, I think the, the whole the omens are good, you know, for Dublin. They obviously have a big match on next Sunday, which will be really interesting for them playing at home. But uh, against Galway, you know, Galway a six points defeat is not too bad. Yeah, I suppose you mentioned the Waterford game. It's it's nice to have a game like that against uh, one of the big counties to kind of maybe bounce back and, and get a big performance against. Well, they're after having two or three great wins. Waterford, I know they were playing the weaker teams, you know, the Charles and this world and uh, Leash indeed, you know, and Offaly. And, uh, but they're down to playing Dublin. And this is the real test. The, um, Waterford have a new manager. And normally new managers want to win every game, want, want to win the toss, the whole lot. And uh, uh, Pat you know, and uh, this will be a real test for Dublin. And playing in Parallel Park, we have a very good record in Parallel Park. Only lost one match as far as I know, the last well, maybe two matches in leagues in the last four or five years. So it's all to play for, and but to be a real, real test. And I just hope we turn up for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose at this stage, uh, at this stage of the competition, very, very early doors. Looking at the Dublin panel, I suppose there's a couple of players obviously to come back into it. But are, are you happy that this is a panel that can that can compete at the top level and take on the oh, top I teams? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I really am. I think so. It's it's basically it's built on last year's team. And the Astro team got great, they got great motivation from Pat Kilroy and his backroom team, you know. And I, I believe the present lads, they want to build an act. They've trained really hard, you know, last year and this year as well now. And they just want to get out there and, and play the best they can, you know, and hopefully um, get in the top three come championship. Obviously, to win one more league match, they'll be in the quarterfinals of the league, and then you meet the teams in Division 1. And in the past three or four years, actually, Division 1B teams are winning the league final. So you know, Dublin, in my book, could be serious contenders for the league championship after the league at this stage, you know. And uh, yeah, but they're limiting the top teams. But that's what you need to do before you run into the championship first match. Is the way to Kilkenny and Nolan Park sometime in, in the middle of May. So things are moving on. We're just coming to the end of February, you know. And all of a sudden, two more months, and then you're into May. So it's going to be a real challenge. And but I really, I think the players look forward to it. If you're good, if you're a good team, you want to play the best. So, lads, I'm meeting one of the best next week, I believe. Waterford have been so unlucky down the years. And they're due, and this new manager might do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I suppose in Division 1A that you mentioned, uh, it was it was a kind of a hectic enough weekend. Um, maybe first down to Wexford Park, a good win for Wexford against Tipperary, having to fight back from being quite far behind in the second half. 
I was actually there at the match. I happened to be in Wexford. So I went to the game, you know, and um, <laughs> Tipperary led for 71 minutes of the 73 minutes, you know. And were caught napping. Uh, you know, they made a big mistake. Cornerback got a ball. And for no one reason, hit the ball 40 yards across the pitch into it. Uh, Wexford man's hand, who was on his own, unmarked. Rory O'Connor actually tapped it over the bar. And that was the equalising point. And then they got a good point to, to win it. But I'd say Tipper goal because they had Noel McGrath sent up in the first half. I think I'm very unlucky. Noel McGrath wouldn't be a dirty player. He got a yellow for um, giving a guy a good shoulder, but in the chest, I know that. Probably was a yellow. But the next one then was he kind of, uh, the guy was breaking through, and Noel's hurley was raised, but I, in my book, it wasn't head height, and there was no danger. But anyway, he was sent off for two yellows, and um, so they played a 14 men, and supposed to the wind eventually caught up, but Tip went eight points up. They were four up at half time, having played with the wind. Then they went four more up against the wind, and looked in total control. And then Wexford gradually got back into it. They made a few subs and uh, won by a point. Big win for Wexford, though. Yeah, indeed. And I, I suppose uh, Wexford are on double people's minds because obviously we're going to be playing them in the second game. Wexford's first game of the championship, our second. And, uh, you know, depending on the result against Kilkenny the first day, it could be a massive game in Dublin season. Uh, how impressed were you with Wexford, the way they played? You know, were you introducing the likes of Lee Mogg McGovern and, and I suppose Lee Chin coming back into the team as well? Yeah, Lee Chin had a very kind of a very average game. I was that Lee hasn't been playing well. Didn't play well. At least I didn't play well last year, and he he wasn't overpressed. But Lee could see he could burst and fire any moment. You know, you never know when he if he gets a good start, he can be dangerous. Um, Lee Morgan McGovern has been there before. I don't think Wexford have improved a lot. I just think Davey got the best out of him actually the first year. They struggled last year. Okay, they they, they survived in Division One. That was the main aim, but they struggled in the championship. And I believe this year that in Parnell Park, Dublin will take them. And that will be probably for the critical third place in, 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 in Leinster, uh, unless Dublin or Wexford can beat one of the top two, Kilkenny or Galway. But I think Dublin will take Wexford in Parnell Park. I'll be truly very, very slow, but very close to me. And obviously you need breaks. You, need, you don't need to be losing good men through injury and so on. But I think Dublin will be a better team this year. And below in Wexford Park last year, they were losing for 70 minutes and went ahead in the 71st minute. Should have held it at two wides, but didn't do so. And um, But it's all the play for, and obviously Dublin will be watching Wexford. But I think they could get a result in Kenny as well, because Kenny are not a team they were. They're not a bad team, but they're not a great team. Yeah, I was just going to ask you actually about that game. Um, whatever about Kilkenny not being maybe up to the standard they have been in previous years, uh, Limerick are just con- continuing on uh, from what they did last year. Superb form, and even with a few of the big players missing. Yeah, you know, I suppose I think that's why they're playing so well because there's four or five new players on the team, and obviously they're fighting for their places and they're putting severe pressure on on the the regulars, if you like, you know. And uh, John Curry said that you know he'd be picking the team on form, and three or four of those guys who didn't play play last year, I think they're in the frame. One or two of them are playing for um, UCC actually next week, next um, Saturday in the Fiskim Cup final, and the young Ryan who came on as sub below in Crow Park, and he got a, he got a great score last Sunday as well, and they have serious players. And a few fellas fighting for the places. Nobody's guaranteed the place on this Limerick team. And that's why they're so good at the moment. I just feel they'll find it hard come summer because it, it's a tough uh, ask to keep playing four games in a row in the championship, especially with the top teams in Munster. But Limerick, seem to, at the moment, are up for it and they're the best team in the land. Albeit what Jackie, Jackie Tyrrell said about them, that they wouldn't be in the top, his top three. We may have to re- revisit that statement he made. <laughs> but anyway, only time will tell. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the other game, I suppose, that was on the weekend, Cork and Clare, and I'm I'm sure Jerry O'Connor and Donald Maloney will be discussing the tackle uh, maybe in training this week because that was a game for Clare to win and a bit of discipline maybe cost them. 
Well, you know, you had to give away 16 frees. You know, Pat Horgan is probably the most lethal free taker in Ireland. You know, from from 80, 90 yards, he's so dependable. He really is. He rarely hits a ball wide. Uh, he must be the number one free taker in the country. You know, and uh, Claire gave away. Now, having that said, uh, uh, Clark are well able to air and freeze by getting the ball and going into the tackle and kind of drawing you on them to, to foul them. But uh, they're the best forward in Ireland for free taking. And uh, so you give away 16 frees, you want to lose most matches if you do so. Clare were the better team, led for most of the match. But at the end of the day, they lost by a few points and all because they said they give away some soft frees. All right, thanks, Sever, to the chairman of the Friends of Dublin Hurling, Michael O'Grady. Now, the game takes place in Parnell Park on Sunday at 2 o'clock, Dublin against Waterford. If you're listening into the show live, head over to dublinga.tickets.ie where you can pick up your tickets now uh, for €15, Euro, and that'll be the price up to midnight on Saturday. But do remember, if you're buying the tickets on the day, it's €20, Euro, a little bit more expensive, so it's well worth your while to get online now. dublinga.tickets.ie and you'll pick up the tickets for that Dublin-Waterford Alliance League National Hurling game for €15. Euro. Now, we're heading out for a break do stay tuned afterwards we're going to be hearing from Brian Talty we're going to be hearing from Circa Farley and we're going to be hearing from Brendan Cooper stay tuned GAA Sports Desk brought to you by the Herald every side of Dublin and you're welcome back to GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. Now this Saturday at Crow Park, there's a double header of football action. The ladies footballers are taking on Mayo in the Lidl National League. And that's followed by the men's footballers in the Allianz League, uh, also against Mayo. Uh, we're going to be getting a preview of the ladies game in a little while from selector Sirka Farley. But recently I caught up with Brian Talty to look back on Dublin's loss against Kerry in Tralee. High scoring game, you know, reasonably open, although both teams did get players behind the ball. Plenty of scores and the All-Ireland champions were beaten. Yeah, you know, hopefully that's not going to happen later on. But, you know, Kerry did show that, uh, you know, they they have that young talent coming through and that it's been managed reasonably well so far. You know, they're doing very well in the league and the game of football was fantastic, you know. And, you know, people give out about the game is gone and it's not as good as it used to be and all of this kind of thing. We got a great game on, on, on Saturday, but that doesn't uh, say the game isn't it doesn't need changing, you know. But if everybody was to play like uh, Kerry and Dublin played, you know, we'd have uh, we'd have much better football. It was a fantastic game of football, Peter. Lots of, you know, kicking at the ball, lots of great support running. And Kerry played what I would consider a Dublin style of football. They might like to hear that in Kerry, but, um, you know, they were very good defensively. They broke out very well um, and, and they tackled and they marked really, really well. You'd know that uh, there was a lot of work being done in that area, but um, I'm sure uh, everybody was delighted to see such a good game of football and you'd hope that coaches will have a look at that and maybe try and play like that, but then you have to have the talent, you know, and I think both these counties have, have such great pace and power now at the moment. It's going to be interesting as things move on. Yeah, indeed, and I suppose, obviously you mentioned young talent in Kerry, but on top of that, the All-Ireland champions came with them, got four points in the row, and you kind of thought, well, I certainly thought myself, Dublin are going to win this now, and yet Kerry had the, I suppose, the calmness, the composure to go up the pitch and work a point. They could have even got a goal out of that attack uh, t- to win the game. Yeah, certainly, you know, and I suppose if you look at the way uh, people are, are operating now, you know, they're leaving leaving very good players on the on the bench and bringing them and introducing them into the game, and you know, they're they're often saying now that you know it's the, the, they want to finish with their best team, not start with the best team. It's a, the difficult one for us traditionalists. We'd we'd always be trying to start with our best team, but you saw Kerry bringing on guys, and you saw them bringing in uh, David Morden, and he was a calming influence, I suppose, on the players as well, and he was the man that kind of was set up that final score for, for Peter Crowley so so yeah they're looking I think a lot of teams are looking at what 
Dublin are doing, and why wouldn't you? I mean, everybody looks at the All Ireland champions, and Dublin have have four titles at the moment in a row. So certainly they're looking at the way Dublin play. There's no doubt about it that Kerry. You know, at the moment, are looking for pace and power, and you could see it in some of the young lads that they've brought in, and uh, they brought in a big guy uh, instead of David Moore to start with. And uh, somebody told me today he hasn't played for Kerry before, and he was absolutely brilliant. You know, tall, good feeder of the ball, and very pacey, and can cover the ground. And uh, I think Kerry probably got their matchups right as well. You know, again, you know, putting Jack Berry on uh, on on Brian Fenton kind of. Yeah, cooled Brian's influence in the game, I suppose, a little bit as well, you know. But but uh, I suppose the big thing from Dublin's point of view, Peter, is that you know Dublin are only training for the last few weeks and have been away on their holidays and have given fellas rest, you know. So and um, you know the fitness level of Dublin and the pace and the power is going to be better as you go on. And I suppose every team are going to be like that, really. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like I think when we talked last week. Uh, or two weeks ago, we thought Monaghan would be a big challenge to Dublin, and especially the way they played against Dublin. And and then we were kind of a bit iffy about them. But uh, now they've gone and lost two league games, so you begin to wonder again. But but um, you know, I think they're capable of a big performance on a day as well. So there's a few challengers coming along. Indeed, and I suppose um, you know, on Monaghan, Eamon Sweeney wrote an article this week talking about kind of the overreaction to Dublin Kerry, the fact that people are, are, are trying to build a game up so much shows maybe how bad the other games are because we're trying to cling on to anything that we can get in terms of football. The other games of the weekend probably, you know, uh, did quite a lot for his argument because they were they were quite difficult to watch and, and Monaghan Galway was maybe one of them. Good for Galway to win in Inishkeen, of course, but probably not the greatest game of football we've ever seen. Well, I, I think... The first half of it was very poor, to be honest with you. And when you look at it, uh, Monaghan had a very good team out. And, and you know, I would have expected Monaghan to probably win that game up in, uh, in Monaghan. But uh, call a second half performance, kind of, if they learned that, and they, they, they allowed the likes of Shea Walsh and young Dale, Michael Daly to, to you know, go at fellas and Johnny, Johnny Heaney. And these fellas were allowed to go and attack and support the attack and not sit back. And uh, they, they played better football. Like, like, you know, I mean it's not rocket science really you know if you're going to win a game you have to go out and try and get the scores and certainly in the second half uh, Kevin let them off the leash a little bit and, and they played some great football like I mean the some of the moves were fantastic and they got some great scores so so hopefully lessons are being learned by, by county managers you know but um you're right, you know, we all think uh, one great game or, or the GA will come along and say, there's nothing wrong with football, sure, look at Dublin Kerry, but look at the other games and say, look, what were they like, you know what I mean? So there were more bad games, I suppose, than good games, but mm. yeah, seemingly some of the game, the league games though, around the country and in other divisions, uh, were there were very good football played in them, you know, so uh, maybe people are beginning to, to think again. Yeah, indeed. And I, I suppose from Galway's point of view, uh, I know uh, Joe Brawley's kind of been critical between the Sunday game and the article he writes on a Sunday for the newspapers. He's sort of been quite dismissive of, of the way Kevin Walsh has the Galway team set up. Do you think the, the zonal system he has is, is going to restrict Galway? Like, will it only take them so far? Yeah, well, look, we saw, we've seen that last year. Like, the, the, I suppose everybody thought Galway were going to be relegated last year and they played brilliantly. Like, they had a lot of fitness work done early on in the year. They had a system in place and they stayed with that system. But I, I'd be inclined to agree with Bali in, in, in a lot that he says. Um, it annoys me when he's giving out about Galway. But, you know, uh, Galway have a lot of great attacking players. Like, and you look at the Shea Walshes and you look at the Michael Daly's and, you know, Johnny Heaney's. All these guys are, are, are very good footballers. And, and certainly I, I'd be inclined to let them off the leash a little bit, you know. But I suppose 
if you're coach of a team, Peter, you've got to get your defence right first, uh, and then you have to go after trying to, to win the game. So I think Kevin is trying to make Galway hard to beat, and then I, hopefully, I think I hope I'm right that he's going to add that, let that uh, attacking uh, you know power that Galway have let that go as well, because certainly in the second half, for anybody who watched it, there was a huge improvement in the Galway performance. Speaking of teams improving, uh, Mayo, uh, three wins out of three, just like Kerry, and they're the next team that Dublin are going to play. So James Horan, I suppose, will have been watching in his role as a pundit the last few years, the way that the Dublins and Kerrys and maybe even the Thrones of this world have been playing and tried to take the best bits out of them. Uh, what have you What have you seen of Mayo and have you been impressed with them so far? Yeah, absolutely impressed. You know, I hate saying it as a goal, man. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, uh, they're looking very good. And, and, and not alone that, they're finding a few forwards as well and they're finding pacey forwards and, uh, you know... They're they're certainly one of the challengers. There's no doubt about that, you know. And James Horton, when he was there himself, and I suppose Rochford after him, these guys had Mayo within points or two or three points of Dublin. Like they shot themselves in the foot a few times in All Ireland finals. So uh, there's huge talent there. Like and people seem to forget that Mayo have had good under twenty one teams over the last while as well. And some of those players are coming through now, you know. So very impressed with their two wing forwards and their two new additions to the to the team and they have power and pace as well which is I suppose what every manager is looking for now really to be honest with you uh, but Mayo definitely that's going to be I'm, I'm looking forward to Dublin the uh, Dublin Mayo game because I think that could be a great game of football as well Yeah absolutely and I suppose at the other end of the table then you know if Roscommon were to, to get relegated their number 11 might get a kick up the backside given, given away that, that uh, late free that they had with the, the push and throwing keeper and I know Morgan came in with his knees and there's a, there's a whole counter argument against it but again the Roscommon from six points up and with that late free they really should have won against Tyrone and put Tyrone in big trouble yeah, you know, uh, I must say Anthony Cunningham is having a great influence in Roscommon because their first half performance in that game was fantastic and they went well ahead. Now, I know they had a, a wind with them and everything like that, but they, they really put it up to Tyrone, allowed Tyrone to come back into it a little bit and, and sat back defensively again uh, and, and nearly lost the game, to be honest. But um, I'd say Alton Hardy is going to get a, a little talk into our right during the week. But you see... We're all great when we're not on the field, Peter, and we're standing back and we're looking at it. And you see a goalkeeper going with his. You could see that Niall Morgan did go with his knees down yeah. onto the Roscommon man, and you look. You, I suppose Harney gave him a little bit of a push, and and then we saw the Abbey Theatre coming into play. There, <laughs> you know, a little bit of acting, but um, you know, you couldn't blame Niall Morgan for doing that either. Like this, he knew himself. You know, this is a free in. You know, that's the game over and, and two points gone, but. Um, you have to impress with the, the work that Roscommon are doing, and they're playing with great fire, great enthusiasm. And you know, Roscommon have a lot of good footballers as well. But um, I'd say that point could be vital at the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, division two is—I mean, if Division one is clear with Mayo and Kerry at the top, Division two is the complete opposite. You have six teams within a point or two of one another. Mead at the top at the moment. Fermanagh up there. Donegal beaten by Tip at the weekend. You know, Clare starting to find maybe a little bit of form. Kildare beaten. There's so many stories there, but it's very, very interesting as to who might finish in the top two places. Yeah, when you you know when you looked at it at the start, Peter, you'd be looking at I suppose you'd be looking at Kildare and Donegal really, um, you know. And the surprising thing is that you know Donegal went out and were beaten the last day. You know, I, I would have thought. I, now they are missing a good few players as well, to be honest. And you know the likes of Murphy and McBrearty, these would make a, an awful difference to any team in the country, you know. But uh, you still would have been expecting uh, Donegal to win that game, but uh, ended up losing it. So so it, it it is tight and Kildare again. 
you just wonder what's going on in Kildare because they're so so much talented, so many talented players, and uh, you'd expect them to be winning games in Division Two, and they, they you know they they failed to do that. Like so, um, it's interesting. I like the way Mead are, are, are operating as well. Like they're they're doing well, and they they learn from the previous day. You know they they they, they held their nerve at the end of the game the last day and won it as well. But but I think what the interesting thing, Peter, with all of this is. You know that the teams are are equal, and the teams are going out and they're putting on good performances, and we're having tight games as well in all the divisions. And you know, it's just it's, it's another argument, but you know, um, maybe we're looking at a at a, a tiered kind of championship, which so the, everybody gets excited about the league. You look at the the the, the crowds that are at some of these league games, and you say to yourself, "My God, you know, there's there's something in the fact that there's a challenge in every game that you play, and that you have a right chance of winning each game, and people like to see that." competitive thing in, 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 in a game when they go out you know so yeah, that's another argument I suppose down the line as well and indeed a discussion perhaps for delegates at Congress this Saturday in Wexford now to look ahead to the women's game in Crow Park on Saturday evening earlier on this week Suzanne caught up with the team selector Circa Farley well the weeks are seeming to fly by we're already gone into the third round of the league and tell me how is everyone feeling in the camp at the moment yeah, we're feeling good. Um, we we played Tipperary the weekend before last, and I suppose it was great to kind of bounce back after the defeat to Donegal. And um, we, you know, we we went into that game on the day we lost three players to illness, so a lot of girls got an opportunity to start, you know, that mightn't have done so, and it was a great. We were very pleased with with some of the players and how they responded to that and the opportunity that they got. Yeah, and kind of the game, the game against Johnny Gold, the first game, it was a shock to a lot of people. Or I, I think I'm talking about myself that um, that it, we came out with a defeat, but then the bounce back with Tipperary it must have kind of boosted everybody kind of back up again. Yeah, and to be to be honest, we weren't you know we weren't that concerned. I suppose at this time of the year, we're really focusing on performances and um against Donegal we were we were more disappointed with our performance than yeah. the results. You know, we like we didn't we didn't play with any of the intensity or the work rate that we'd expect. And I suppose that's what going into Tipperary again, it wasn't about the result, it was about the performance. Now there's still a lot to a lot to work on after that game, but definitely the work rate tackling and that was a lot better. And as I say a lot of girls came in that day um, unexpected, you know, that didn't yes. expect to start and, and perform very well. And that was very pleasing for us. Yeah. And then the score against Tipperary, you know, 13 points, I think it was 6-9 to 2-8. Very comprehensive score to walk away with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we, I suppose, like, we're very pleased with, with scoring six goals on any yeah. day. Um, but, I, you know, there were periods of the game where we... we was let them back into it and didn't didn't score and we would have been disappointed with that. But overall, um, any day you, you score six goals is is a good day. Yeah, yeah. And so looking forward, there's two week gap in between the Tipperary game and now the Mayo game this weekend. What has been happening? Yeah, so I suppose we've just been back on the training field working on things. As I I said to you before, you know we've a lot of new girls in, so it's just about you know, getting working back on the basic skills and getting them up to par and, and just for getting the fitness levels up and I suppose, you know, a lot of, a lot of the girls this time of year are involved in college football. So you're just trying to manage that that load for players and, you know, people are trying to just rehab injuries and yeah. just trying to you know, so 
but it's been going well. Um, we, you know, trained the last few evenings over the weekend and that, and we're happy with how, how training has gone. Yeah. And what are we expecting coming up against Mayo? Um, I suppose any any time you you play Mayo, it's a, it's a tough a tough game. Mm. There always there's always that rivalry there between us. Um, so we'll expect another another good battle, which is what you want at this time of year. And I suppose for both teams to be playing in Crow Park at this time of year, it's just fantastic. It's a great opportunity for for us and for Mayo. So we're both. I would imagine they're looking forward to it as much as we are. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's the five o'clock game before the Dublin and Mayo men's game. Yeah, awful lot of publicity will be going into it, especially that it's in Croke Park. Yeah, and that's like I mean that's fantastic for ladies football, and that's sort of, you know I I keep saying that like the last couple of years at the All Ireland final we've gotten record attendances, but it's about trying to boost the attendances all the rest of the year and not just on finals day yeah. and getting opportunities to play in in Crow Park, you know, um, before the men's game and, and a big crowd coming in. It's just super for the girls. It's great to raise the profile yeah. um, and for people to see the game that might normally see it. Yeah. And the first game in the league was also in Crow Park against Donegal. Did you feel that you were getting the support and was were people turning up to, to support you? I suppose we're a bit unfortunate the first day because it was the exact same time as the Irish English rugby, rugby match. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think I think anybody, you know, you'd be hard pressed going up against that at any time. <laughs> yeah. So I suppose it was, you know, like towards the end of it, a crowd came in for the men's, but it was just an unfortunate yeah. time. We we didn't really expect on that occasion to get to get a big crowd in, but hopefully this weekend, yeah, you know, we will, and and that's what. We're really looking forward to yeah, and especially a lot of expectations would have an interest against against Mayo and Dublin. Absolutely, yeah, and, and to be fair to Mayo, they're they're a very good um, sporting county, and they always bring a big sport both in the men's and the ladies. So you know, we'd hope to have a good Dublin sport as well to to balance that out and not let them be louder than the Dubs. Yeah. And look, before I let you go, is there any changes in sight? Do you think for this weekend? Or um, I would imagine so. As I said, there was quite a there was quite a few changes unexpectedly and yeah. and expectedly. I suppose we're trying to look at as many players in the league as we can. But then we had a couple um, that were unwell the last day, so we would expect a few changes. Now we will sit down tonight and pick the team and and look at who's available. And a few have come back for, from injury now that are in the reckoning as well. And our thanks as ever to Circa for joining us on the show. Now the game at Crow Park, uh, the ladies game is throwing in at 5, the men's game is throwing in at 7. Like with the hurling tickets uh, before the break, if you want to get them a little bit cheaper, book in advance. So if you're listening in live, or if you're booking them tomorrow, Thursday or Friday, it's only €15. Euro. If you're buying them in Crow Park on the day, it's going to cost you €20. Euro. So, well, with your well, going online, dublinga.tickets.ie, booking your tickets in advance. And I suppose Mayo in great form, Dublin having lost two of the three games, it does promise to be uh, a really, really good game. James James Horn, of course, uh, one of the last managers to beat Dublin in Championship. That came back in uh, in 2012. Only uh, Jim McGuinness has managed the feat since. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be a, a very very interesting game uh, indeed.
But as I say, tickets available online for €15 Euro or €20 Euro if you're buying on the day. And of course, there's the usual crack with rebates. Uh, you can get a, even more money off if you're a student or an OIP and you can go to Block D at the Cusick stand to avail of your rebate on Saturday evening. Now, moving from football to Camogie, it was a disappointing weekend for both the Dublin Senior and Dublin Intermediate teams. Uh, they were beaten in their respective games against Limerick and against Antrim. And earlier on this week, Suzanne caught up with the Secretary of Dublin Camogie, Brendan Cooper, to look back on those games. Well, first of all, we'll have a look at the, the senior game over the weekend in Dublin. We're in action against Limerick. And unfortunately, they came away with a four-point loss. Uh, they did indeed, uh, Suzanne. And uh, that loss means that we, we can't actually qualify for the semi-finals of the, uh, of the league. Uh, but lo- looking at the match itself, this was a game, first and foremost, it was a fairly strong win there, which we had in the first half. And I said to some people beforehand, this is a four or five-point game. Uh, because of the, with the edge of the breeze, and so that turns out because we were beaten by four points at the end. First half, uh, Limerick were certainly up for it. Of the two teams, they were more up for it than we were. Um, now, they have come into this competition, uh, into this particular fixture, unbeaten. So they were looking to qualify for a semi final of, uh, of a league, and we were looking to kind of, you know, kind of stop their, 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 their gallop a little bit and yeah. hope that we, we could kind of jump ahead them with our next match. However, that wasn't to be. So at, at halftime, Limerick were, I think they were eight or nine points ahead at, at, at halftime and they had the aid of the breeze in the second half and that didn't look good from a Dublin perspective based on the first half performance. However, whatever was said at halftime seemed to have the desired effect because Dublin came out in the second half and they they did, uh, we did to Limerick what Limerick did to us in the first half. We took the game to them um, and we, we had by far the better possession uh, you know, throughout the second half. Outscored Limerick, oh, what must have been two to one uh, in that particular period, and we, you know, on another day we might have got a little bit closer, but at the end of the day it kind of finished one twelve to two one sixty in, in Limerick's favour. So, as I said, that that puts Limerick into a semi final uh, along with uh, Kilkenny, and our last remaining match is away to uh, where was this Sunday? We're we're away to Clare this yeah. Sunday. Yes. Um, it's kind of a dead rubber rubber game from one sense, but again, I'm sure Frank will be keen to kind of blood some more players, which he hasn't done so far in the league. So this will be an ideal opportunity for him to kind of, you know, give some game time to some of the, the other players there that, that haven't a, a look in so far now at this stage. So it's um, it's quite an unfortunate end to, to the league. Yeah. It was there to be, you know, we were there, thereabouts, and uh, it's just unfortunate that it didn't quite, quite pan out. Uh, I wouldn't be over worried because we're still in the kind of learning process for this particular team. Yeah. And that's both from a management and a player point of view now at this stage. The uh, management are still trying to get to, to know the games they've been bought there probably since before Christmas. So um, so it's it's not the end of the world, Suzanne. It's it's the learning process. I'd be more worried now if, if this were to happen later on in the year when we're possibly in championship or thereabouts. So anyway, so the, for us, the, we have an away trip now next weekend. It's an early start uh, down in Clare. It's 11, 11.45, I think it is, because it's been run in conjunction. It's, it's, it's double-headed between uh, Clare hoarders, Clare and Wexford hoarders, and ourselves, which, again, it, it's that's what that's what we've always wanted. We want these double-headers. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we want Camogie and we want hoarding on, on the one venue, one afternoon or, or thereabouts, because it just is, you know, it, it gives it more prominence, more hype to the game at the stage. Um, so I'd hope we'd have a few Clare supporters in uh, for the second half of a match, which would be good for the girls. Uh, again, it gives them, you know, uh, 
yeah, Cusick Park, it's a lovely ground down there. It's, it's a nice, compact ground. So, you know, it's, it's not the worst uh, journey to take now that this, this coming uh, Sunday, but, but for our, from our league perspective, uh, our hopes are, have been yeah. dashed. And what do you think the team and, and the management will do now, between now and, and the championship starting off? I know that people prefer pay, playing games, you stay more focused. So just because the, champion, or the, the league is over now, what will they be focusing on? Well, there's a couple of things there, um, Suzanne. For a start, our, our own leagues now will start next month. Our own domestic league, so yeah. they won't have. They'll, they'll go back to their clubs now after Sunday's game uh, because their next outing, from a county perspective, won't be on until I think it's May when we go into a Leinster Championship. But prior to that, they have a little matter of, of of their leagues now to run. So we'll go start our leagues now. It's probably the third week, uh, fourth week in in, in uh, March. And we're going to go right through to the middle of May when we stop for our um, exams because the, the leaving certificate starts in early June. So traditionally, we kind of run off our league from the end, end of March into the middle of, of May or thereabouts, which is about seven or eight matches. So there, there'll be lots of matches between now and our next competitive county outing. Yeah. Um, the guys will have a couple of weeks rest and literally they're, they're, back, in, they're back to their clubs and then they're out in, in, in domestic league competitions shortly after. So there won't be any kind of downtime as such. There will be downtime from a county perspective, but not from a playing perspective because there's more than enough to keep the girls well and truly kind of tuned up now at this stage. Yeah. To them. yeah. Well, then another game that was on over the weekend was the Intermediates, and they were up against Antrim, and there was a two-point loss there for, for Dublin. Yeah, again, not not the best result, and and this is a game that we could and probably should have won, Suzanne. Yeah, uh, we we certainly had three goal chances that you know that were, you know, probably the ones that got away. I'd have to turn like that, and probably that's again down to a little bit of inexperience from the uh, intermediate point of view. That's probably the, that again that team keeps evolving over the years because those those players on, on intermediates are, are premiers last year. They'll go onto the scene. Some of them went onto the scene this year, so. That's a team that's you know consistently changing and evolving as the years go by. So I think from Shane's point of view, I spoke to him after the match and I spoke to him again this afternoon, and he was quite pleased with, with the performance, albeit that he didn't get a victory. Um, Antrim, that would be their first team, in other words, their senior team. Mm. This is our second team, our Inters. So it, it wasn't the worst-case scenario. Traditionally, Antrim have always done well at, at, at this particular grade. So to have a, a two-point loss is not the, not, not the end of the world. And knowing full well that, you know, on a different day, different options, we could have been a five, six point winners. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, you know, it's, and that's, you know, that's not no disrespect to Antrim because, you know, they, 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 they did what they have to do. They took their scores when they, when, when the opportunity presented itself. And we kind of didn't take our chances. It, it's as simple as that. So I know Shane has, um, is, is very philosophical about it. He, he would have liked a, a kind of a, a better start. However, that game, that game is done and, got, done and dusted now at this stage, and he'll be looking forward to Kilkenny in um, is it next? Probably the weekend after next okay. at, at that stage. Probably not an easy venue to go to to get your your your, your season <laughs> up and running. However, that's the way the schedule has has been. We're drawn against. So he just regroup now at the stage, go back to basics, and uh, take it from there. So again, his league, uh, the, the intermediate league, is only just starting. So he has lots of matches now, oh, for the for the rest of this month and right up into the end of March or thereabouts. So he has about five league games involved in, in his particular group. So I say not the end of the world, 
uh, slight blip on, on, the, on the radar, but no more than that. We just need to kind of get back to basics and maybe hopefully get two points against Kilkenny and get our season back up and running. Brilliant. Well, then the Miners are in action on Saturday in the All-Ireland Championship against Wexford. Yeah, this, this is, you know, when, when you talk about uh, uh, different uh, divisions, different grades, this is an All-Ireland Championship, whereas we've just been speaking about the leagues. Yeah. This is this is championship. So, it's again, the championship is run on kind of a league basis, a round-robin basis. Um, I don't think the draw has been overkind to us there, Suzanne, because looking at who else they have in that particular group, they have Galway, traditionally always very, very strong. Cork, in the same uh, in the same breath as Galway. And then you have Tipperary as well, so you are, you know, a powerhouse. So, and Wexford is our first match. Of all the matches, Wexford is probably the best one to get started, started off because Wexford have been having a little bit of trouble down there. Uh, yeah. The, the scenes had a bit of a, a problem there. Now, hopefully that hasn't kind of filtered down into the, into the, into the Wexford miners because no county wants to see other counties kind of struggling. Yeah, far yeah. from it. We'd rather see them up progressing and whatever. But I think they have a fairly decent minor team from what I can gather from what I know. Um, so we're expecting a fairly tough uh, introduction now. Uh, we will be hopeful of a victory, yeah, Suzanne. Mm. That's no doubt, you know, because certainly uh, the remaining three games in that particular group, and none of them could be you know, turned as easy. They're all very, very difficult in, in the extreme. But anyway, that's the way it is, Suzanne. So uh, Willie Brain is, is looking after that particular team. And uh, so he'll be keen to get his, his uh, season up and running. So with that matches down in Parnells now, uh, I think it's half one or two o'clock on, on Saturday. I can't remember which it is now. Um, so uh, that's that's something to look forward to now at this stage. So hopefully you'll get the desired results there, Suzanne. And, you know, a victory for Dublin wouldn't go astray at this stage. Brilliant. And then this weekend as well, it, it's the minor and the uh, sorry, the minor and the juvenile leagues are beginning. Quite quite a busy yeah. weekend. Oh well, this is the start of uh, what I would term a manic period uh, <laughs> with double camogie. Um, we have so many. I mean, our juvenile leagues now they, they start next Saturday and Sunday, and we have a record number of entries uh, from under 16s to a say from under 13s up to under 16s. That doesn't take into consideration what we call goal games, those 8 to 12-year-olds. They they kind of come, in, come in around the middle of March when the weather is slightly kinder. Um, and also next Sunday we start off our minor league as well. Um, and that will lead us nicely into our, our senior adult leagues now next month. And it's, you know, from here, literally from the 23rd of, of you know, February through to the end of November, there are very little downtime, uh, Suzanne. And, you know, you, we, we might get August off, although I think not, because we'll probably be in inter-county action around then. But it's uh, it's, it's great for Dublin Camogie to have you know, such a, a huge participation. Our numbers are growing, you know, year in, year out. I think uh, last count we had over, I think, 10,040 members uh, playing uh, you know, across the board. So that, that's a huge increase over the last five years. And it just seems to continue. So we have to cater for all these, these people. So so the schedule doesn't get any easier. But, you know, we, we've been there, done that, worn the T-shirt. So we, 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 we get through these now, no, no problems at all. So, But it's it's an interesting time. Back into the, what I call reasonably good weather, spring is with now at this stage. So, yeah. also from now on, a little bit of sunshine will we'll make it easier for the, for the kids to go out, for the referees to go out, and for the mentors to mentor. So, you know, 
onwards and upwards, Suzanne. Yes, indeed. And our thanks as ever to Brendan Cooper for joining us on the show. Now, we're going to have to leg it out. Suzanne is on Art Beat Duty next, so do stay tuned to Dublin City FM. But on behalf of the GA Sports Desk team, Suzanne Parker, Katie Scanlon on sound, and myself, Peter Brannigan. Have a great weekend. Hopefully, you're out supporting Dublin teams. And we'll talk to you again next Wednesday evening. GAA Sports Desk, brought to you by the Heralds, every side of Dublin.